Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, themfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can enjoy all the benefits from Medterra CBD by going to medterracbd.com and entering discount code BIGMXRADIO15 upon checkout to save 15%. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and I make Medterra CBD products part of my every single day process, whether I'm putting the drops in my coffee, the cooling cream after every single one of my workouts to uh, to help with muscle fatigue, recovery, and overall soreness. And uh, more often than not, if I've had a cup of coffee any t- anywhere time near going to bed, it's always about the Medterra CBD plus melatonin. Always uh, sleep better with that stuff. Feel, feel awesome waking up the very next morning. Um, with me on the line, he's a guy who's been on a number of podcasts through 2019, and uh, before this week is out, you'll have a birthday, 29 in your program, number one in your hearts, Dave Drakes. How's it going, buddy? Mr. Gephardt, what's up, man? Uh, doing really good. It's a birthday week, so I'm feeling pretty pumped up. Uh, excited to get into some moto talk. It's been over a month since you and I have done this, which is unacceptable. So yeah. we got a lot to make up for and a lot of action to go over, man. So I'm like, I'm, I'm thrilled right now. I can't wait to get into it. Oh, the, the storylines that we could talk about um, is is basically, is just like they're, they're endless right now. We don't have enough time to get to all the things that have happened in the last few months uh, with uh, or the last couple of weeks, rather, for uh, for our purposes for the podcast, but we will be touching on a number of headlines that have been sort of rolling through over the last little while uh, and going through some stuff. Um, first and foremost, uh, we want to shout out to uh, the the king of the off season, at least as far as uh, th- this era is concerned, Justin Brayton. Uh, for the sixth time, he is uh, the king of uh, is it uh, Geneva. That is pretty cool. Wins that championship. Uh, so he, he's won the, uh, the Australian championship. He's, he's won the Geneva championship. The guy, uh, can just do it all over the globe and we'll see what happens when he, uh, lines up for HRC for the second time, uh, in his pro career as a member of the, uh, the factory Honda team. Um, in, in Supercross, uh, what'd you think of, uh, of, of, this just the, some of the off-season races. Now they're all done. They're they've been put to bed. Whether it's uh, the the Paris races or Geneva, Australia, um, and, and speaking specifically of, of how Brayton was able to uh, pretty be pretty assertive, uh, not only winning one championship down under, but also uh, uh, doing it in Geneva as well. Uh, I thought it was a really good ride. I mean, honestly, any off-season race. Uh, always back on Brayton. For some reason, that guy can just acclimate himself to any environment. So, yeah, he might not be, you know, on the level, I want to say, of like a Eli Tomac or a Ken Rocks. And I think he just maybe a, a, a scotch below. Um, obviously, he can make it happen when he needs to, like we saw at uh, his infamous Daytona win. But I think what a lot of guys struggle with when they go overseas or hop into a new environment is a lot of the um, just like the different pressures and the different way things are organized or the different group of guys, different tracks. Britain just seems to flow through all of it extremely, extremely well. Uh, he's got a really great riding style where he doesn't hang it out as much. He's more of a methodical, 
Kevin Windemey type, just always on his P's and Q's, very, very smooth, very fluid, and it works wherever he goes, man. I mean, um, you, you saw him in, in Australia. I mean, I think he gels well with, uh, with, that, with the Honda 450. I think he does really, really good with keeping momentum, um, get, keeping himself out of trouble on the first turn, uh, and just, just riding like a, a masterful rider, and it, and it pays off, man. So, uh, I, I, like I said, anytime there's an off-season race, I definitely think I'm Brayton, and uh, it, it's really, it's really cool to see a guy that age uh, with you know that amount of fanfare, just still killing it, still making a ton of money in the off-season because you know he is. Uh, it, it's super cool to see that, and hopefully he can carry that momentum on, and we can see him like really make that that next step for Supercross 2020, and uh, almost like a little bit of a resurgence that Freezy has lately. Maybe we could see Brayton up there leading some some laps and um, duking it out for top two, top three spots, and just not giving these guys an inch. That'd be super cool. Definitely, he's got the speed, the consistency, and now he's got the motorcycle. Even uh, even a better one than he had last year. Uh, Moto Concepts. Uh, he's he's this be his fourth year on the machine. I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, Justin Britton's going to come out swinging and be a podium threat. Um, but is he going to be the thorn in the side of a lot of guys who are looking to be a consistent top five to seven guy? Absolutely, he's going to be. He's been good with starts. He's going to have a great motorcycle, and he's riding basically pressure-free because um, at this point, it's all just gravy on top of a steak dinner, man. Like this stuff is—he's had an amazing career, and now rolling into uh, uh, like what, what's almost his like fifteenth or sixteenth full year as a as a top flight uh, Supercross pro, he finds himself on uh, on factory Honda. So you know he's having a good time at the races. He's he's he's, uh, he's a family guy. He's taking care of his business, and I think that uh, we're going to see some good things uh, once uh, the the gate drops in uh, in January. And of course, we'll get into that with the, uh, the our preview pods that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, for those who are loyal listeners, you'll be having a bunch of podcasts uh, to look forward to in the coming weeks, uh, including one we just uh, nailed down today with uh, getting Benny Bloss coming in on the on this coming Friday. But uh, um, let's talk about some other stuff in the news, uh, which is, of course, Mr. Bowers. Tyler Bowers, good friend of yours. Of course, you can see, you can uh, uh, book a uh, some time hanging out with him through the collective experience probably in 2020. Brand new gear for him for 2020. And uh, he'll be rocking uh, answer as he, uh, as he pilots his uh, Kawasaki 450 around in Supercross. Yeah, that was a, that was kind of a shock to a lot of people. Um, Bowers has been uh, their seven guy for a number of years now. Uh, one of their premier guys, pretty much him and uh, him and Malcolm. So it's uh, it, it it was definitely a definitely a shock. But I mean, um, he's a great ambassador for the sport, and the way that he uh, showed gratitude towards Seven with the posts and the amount of um, the amount of gratitude and support that he showed them back um, over the years has been uh, has been really cool. Uh, I really uh, one thing I admire about Tyler is that he's a very respectful guy and uh, really supports those people who support him and um, really makes a good name for, him, for himself in the sport. Uh, but I, I think it's a good look for him. I mean, the answer stuff is really sick. It's, it's uh, stepped up in the last couple of years, and it seems like he's really happy with the uh, with the the overall vibe of that of that company and the way that they're allowing him to do his own program and sort of uh, take his feedback on some designs and stuff like that. It's super cool to see that and. Um, you know, Bowers is a very particular guy, so you know he wouldn't make the move if it wasn't right for him, if it wasn't uh, up to snuff with, with his uh, high level of expectation and quality. So 
I think it's it's a good move for him. It's it's a it's a mix up. It's a change. I'm sure it'll breathe some fresh life into into his program. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I want to see him throw out some cool uh, some cool lit kit vibes around the uh, around the pits for uh, all of our fans to kind of check out. For sure, Anster has been one of those brands. That sometimes they've had like some of the nicest stuff in the pits. Uh, and sometimes they've kind of gone off the beaten path a little bit, gotten lost a little bit, and then sometimes they've had uh, some, some really really cool stuff as well. Um, like obviously uh, when James with them with was with them, they had some really cool stuff. Some of that was a little bit hit, hit or miss. There was there was this, uh, mostly red and yellow stuff that I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, of course, you were a fan of it because you like all things stew. Um, but uh, uh, like over the years. Can you think of one answer gear combo that was just like that? I need to have that. Oh man. Um Huh. Probably I need to go back quite a bit. Um Maybe like a Larry Ward two thousand and one when he's uh on uh factory Kawasaki. <laughs> Uh, I, I did like it when Dungey wrote for answer. Um, so his oh, yeah. two fifty that was pretty cool. Okay. Um, I did I did like yeah he had some yellow kits that I thought like really looked super cool. Um, I was kind of a I was kind of a nerd for that stuff. Um, really liked it. Then I think they had a uh, an orange and like deep navy blue kit that I thought was so trick. But then obviously like a couple months later, new gear came out and I forgot all about it. So. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, it's I feel like answers a hit or miss, man. I, I totally agree with you. It could either be some of the sickest stuff ever, um, or it could be like, man, it's it's definitely not not vibing for me. Um, to be completely honest with you, I wasn't a huge fan of the stew kits they made for him. I thought it was uh, it was cool. It stepped out of the, out of their comfort zone a little bit and did some cool things, but it just it never screamed to me like, hey, I want to have that gear, you know? It was always like, no. oh, uh, it's James and answer was weird, man. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was it was short lived regardless, but yeah, it was uh, it's definitely weird to weird to see it. Yeah, no, James and Answer was sort of like I don't know. I never I never under like really really liked it. Um, obviously, his best his best year was honestly in the earliest portion of his career. Uh, the magenta, the pink stuff, the fuchsia stuff that he wore with Fox. He had a bunch of really good gear in oh two oh three. Uh, 04 gear wasn't bad. That was the year they sort of went to, like, he missed, uh, no, actually, no, 04 is just the year he ripped off wins everywhere. And they, they had a lot of those, like, the Fox logo was very small and in the middle. I didn't love a lot of that gear. Yeah. Uh, except for the one that, that, of course, that is the one, that year when he had, they had the, um, the Damon Bradshaw throwbacks the first time they went back to yeah. it. The, 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 the red and black stuff with the spider pants. And then there's also the, the same year when they did the remake, almost a complete uh, remake, not like a retro look, but a, a complete remake of the 2001 gear with the Bradshaw stuff with the, 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 uh, the zebra print on the pants, the blue Jersey, those things were both extremely well done. Uh, everything else in 04 kind of, not my favorite. If you remember, they also had that like black and red stuff that uh, was, was Carrie Hart. Yeah, yeah, the Carrie Hart stuff yep. with the matte colored helmet. Not a fan awesome. of that. I, I, I liked it. Did I you mean, like I'm it? I wasn't a, a huge guy. fan I'm, I'm, of that. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not usually a huge fan of the, the all black setup. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I don't know. The, I think the fact that he was in it was more of like a like a menacing kind of look. Plus, he was uh, that year. It was like everyone was on four trips, like him and like one other guy. 
and he the way he would charge through the pack in the first few opening laps, it like it kind of fit, man, where he was just like a shark in the water, just super menacing, super dark, like Darth Vader just slicing through the pack, just like coming to kill everybody. I thought it was such a cool look. I obviously could never pull it off because I'd be in the back of the pack, you know, crying. <laughs> but uh, it, the, the way that, you know, he rode with that gear, it really showed off just what a dominant badass he was. Um, but yeah, I'm 04, not my most favorite. I'm going to have to agree with you, man. Again, the, the earlier set of, uh, of Stewart stuff is really cool. Uh, he did have these, uh, it's one pair of like those Forma Pro boots, those Fox boots with like, it was all white with like a little bit of uh, like metallic blue in the toe. I thought those were the coolest boots I had ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, like those are cool. Begging my, yeah, begging my dad to get me some. Never got them, but mm. I don't know. Maybe there's like some archives of Stewart gear that we could go check out. <laughs> something, something. One day we'll just like we'll just do a pod where we just like pull up pictures of Stu and just like and just just dissect what he's wearing at the time and stuff like that. Apparently, uh, when he was in Garnet boots, um, his like official unofficial boot breaker in guy was Don Maeda actually oddly enough oh wow really yeah no it was kind of weird that like the way he liked boots that are sort of broken in a little bit um and uh yeah he always had the uh had Don ride with them for a little bit clean them up and send them off to Florida or wherever the race was being held that particular weekend side note did you know that every time that uh that Eli Tomac rides uh a clutch during race day all of those clutches are, they're not brand new clutches. They're all slightly broken in clutches. Really? Yes. Every single, and he gets a new clutch. He gets a quote unquote new clutch every time he rides. But uh, they do uh, like a, basically they'll ride for like a very short period of time and they'll, they'll break it in and then he, he uses it during race, race day. Holy crap. I did not know that. Yeah, that is uh, one of the things that Mike Williamson told me when he was still working with uh, Kawasaki that, that kind of blew my week back, that they would go to the trouble of doing that. Even to find that out is kind of bizarre. But anyway, uh, moving yeah. on to uh, some more things in the news. Uh, it's a happy day for Christian Craig. Uh, the double C was able to win his appeal uh, for uh, his uh, positive test with uh, uh, this last summer. I guess uh, that was uh, 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 something that he was dealing with and possibly was going to affect his 2020 ride. And uh, he was able to win the appeal and will be racing in full. I imagine he will be in, uh, a West Coast rider uh, for uh, for 2020. And that's exciting news because uh, more, off, more, like, more than likely we'll see him uh, log some time on a 450 on the opposite coast. Yeah, that was really cool to see. I mean, um, it did it did make me kind of wonder, you know, like, um, how come Christian, like, put up this big effort, went overseas to make his appeal, um, seemed to really r- rally behind this and really charge it head on right when he right when he found out about it. Um, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, how, you know, if the other guys were to do that, say like a Cade Clayson or, or Stewart or Tickle, you know, did they have that same option to go over there and appeal in front of them themselves? Did they end up doing that and you just never caught wind of it? Um, you know, I want to know what the difference is between Christian because it seems like he's had a much easier go at this. Granted, I would never want to be in that position. When I say easier time, it's, it's comparative to, like, you know, Stewart who had to sit out for so long. Clayson had to sit out for so long. Ticklet had, had to sit out for so long. Um, I'm wondering if, uh, if there was a different process that Christian went through to um, to – to kind of get where he is now and you get that uh, the okay to ride so um nonetheless it's still great to hear i mean 
anytime Christian Craig on the track, we're all better, you know, all better to have him there. I mean, the racing is just so much, so much better with Christian there. He's definitely a, a class act and a talented rider. And um, it's good to see that, you know, there are, there are some fixes to, to a lot of this stuff. And I hope this is a wake up call for the, you know, FAM or any of the sanctioning bodies to sort of rethink a lot of the, the rules that they're doing, especially with cross contamination of products and, and all this different stuff. I mean, having these guys sit out for two seasons, that's, that can be detrimental to their career. And, um, yeah, even worse down the road. So, um, glad to see he's, he's all cleaned up and, uh, I hope he, uh, hope he can make a, like I said, a run at the four fifties and, and be up there again. I hope this doesn't rattle him too much. I hope it's all, you know, just hit the reset button, all clear off his conscience and, uh, we can go, you know, race and, uh, and, and be top five, top three, and maybe be a title contender. That'd be super cool. For sure. If it's something that he'd be able to get, uh, like, just put it behind him, focus on racing Supercross, and, and do it at a really uh, high, high high level, he's a guy we've seen win uh, 250 Supercross races in the past. And honestly, um, even though the field in the 450 is deep, uh, if you want to talk about a guy who maybe doesn't, I, I wouldn't say, he's sort of like, he's he's very much like a Cole Seeley, who I think a lot of people would say sort of lacks a little bit of the, 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 uh, aggressiveness to get to the front in the 450 class, like that's a gritty class to try and go win in. But uh, I, th- I think he has the ability and certainly the the, the riding skill to get uh, close to where he needs to be uh, to to make an impact and, and possibly uh, get a a race win. Like if you were to like if if there was a race win that was going to come out of left field in the next couple of years, I think you might go to a guy like Christian Craig, who's he's matured, he's fit. And uh, he's definitely got the skill set. So uh, we'll see what happens in 2012. Or, yeah, 2012, 2020. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I kind of think it's him and RJ Hampshire are almost making the same breath. Like, okay, yeah, very similar. Crazy talented. And any minute, any minute they could be, you know, top five, you know, uh, holding their own. Or they could be out front running, running away with their race. You know, you never know. So... Uh, like I said, it's really great to see that he's uh, not going to be penalized any further. He's going to be out there ripping and making the 250 class that much cooler, man. Absolute. So let's uh, switch gears to the 450 class. Uh, Hep Suzuki coming to bat with Kyle Cunningham, like myself from Kyle Cunningham, good Texas boy. The uh, the over from uh, Great Britain is uh, Max Anstey making his second attempt at racing Supercross over here uh, in the United States, and uh, the seven double deuce who uh, looks like Supercross is making a concerted effort to to make uh, the Entic Naps more of a feature in uh, the 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 uh, promotion of uh, of Supercross. So you bet definitely using those uh, personalities uh, and putting them to use. Uh, on the on the media side of things. So, uh, what are your thoughts on on Hep Suzuki coming in with a, a brand new lineup? Basically, uh, all new riders except for uh, Entiknap, who's uh, who's part of the team last year. I think they have a really really solid team. I mean, um, just going back to seventies Deuce, I mean, the guy is just a huge personality. Um, arguably one of the like, most popular riders in the pits. Even when you consider guys like Saki guys like Roxon and. Uh, Barsha and all these guys. I mean, the line for Ensignap is just as long as some of those guys some days. So I think it was really smart for them from a marketing play to, to get him. He's also making strides every season. He's getting a lot more comfortable. I think this is his second year on that Suzuki, and he should be very well comfortable. He looks awesome in some of his training clips on uh, on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And like he's gelling with the bike finally. And um, I'm pretty sure he he likes where he's at. And um, definitely, definitely great to to 
to see another privateer get the support that they need. Um, you know, going to Max Anstey, I'm a huge fan of the GPs. I'm a huge Max Anstey fan. Since he came over in the States riding uh, super minis and kicking our butts, uh, he's uh, very, very talented. He, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he, he's a very good uh, good test rider right here, so I think he's got some good setup um, that's, that's good that he's bringing to the, to the team. Uh, the only thing is, uh, I wonder if he's going to gel with the way the bikes are set up over here. They're a little bit different over in Europe. Tracks are different, um, different calibration for the different fuels. I wonder how he's going to acclimate to not only the new Supercross environment, which I think he's going to be fairly comfortable with. I think it's just the the day-to-day, the bikes, the the process of a Supercross race, the the flow of the of the main of the the whole program, night show, what have you. Um, I wonder how long it took him to kind of get get used to that again. I uh, get comfortable with a new with a new group of guys, new crop of riders, and uh, ride like Max Anstey, which is a very, very threatening, uh, very threatening thought for a lot of guys. I know that much. Um, and going to Cunningham, super solid guy, had a very quiet but very good uh, showing last year in that Honda 250 he had. Um, a little bit more reserved, a little more quiet, and just gets the job done, man. And uh, nothing wrong with that. Solid, solid guy, solid team. Uh, they think they got a they got a good spread of talent, uh, marketability, and um, just just excitement. I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to good things out of this team. I think they can honestly be a very solid top ten team uh, on a, on a good weekend, top seven. Um, you know, I think with with Max Anty, they can they can do it. They can do a lot of good stuff. I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely, and uh, Entic Nap, you know the guy has speed, you know the guy uh, has a lot of grit, uh, more often than not, unfortunately, especially since last year he won that privateer uh, pool, uh, found himself just outside that uh, he got fifth in the LCQ more than any other guy, uh, easily winning that uh, privateer pool. Uh, what does Adam need to do to uh, to change change the wins a little bit and put himself in the main event weekend in and weekend out? Last year seemed to be a little bit of different year, uh, difficult year for him that way. Um, but uh, hopefully, be- a better showing in twenty twenty for the seven double deuce. Who's ne- who's not going to be number ninety seven anymore? He's going to be back uh, with a three digit number. I think that uh, serves him well. I think so too. I think a lot of it, that's part of his identity. You know what I mean? Even though it's just a number, it's just, it's what a lot of people associate, um, you know, with him, with his brand. So I think he'll, he'll be a lot more comfortable seeing the 722 out in front of him on the front number plate. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely going to make some more strides this year. I think, I think the, the stress of being on a, um, a more higher supported team can be a lot for a lot of riders. And I think, you know, for for Adam, I think it was it was no different. I know he puts a lot of pressure on himself to do great. Expects a lot out of himself. Knows he's talented. Uh, I think he. Uh, I think I think last year it just took him a lot of time to get used to a new ride, new team, a new way to operate. Uh, I think this year he's going to come into his own and and really show us something. He, he's right on the cusp of being someone like uh, um, like an A Ray or uh, or consistent and solid like a Chisholm. I think he's right there. He's, he has what it takes. Uh, and he seems to be on a good a good team with a, with some really good support, some really good resources this year from Suzuki. So uh, expect big things out of Adam. I, I think he'll, uh, he'll surprise a lot of people. Uh, may take him a, a race or two to to get back in the in the groove of things with the racing, but um, I think he's going to shock some people. I think he's going to definitely step it up a, a click and and open some some open some eyes this year. For sure, it is. I I, I I'd like. 2020 could easily be a breakout season. I mean, not a breakout season, but a season where uh, um, 
Adam Knapp solidifies himself as uh, uh, a, a weekend in, weekend out uh, main event guy, uh, not uh, and, and winning some LCQs rather than uh, being on the sort of the outside looking in. Um, switching gears to uh, a different series, it's sort of being resurrected, uh, a series that in different times, uh, different eras has had more attention than others. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm a huge fan of, of guys like, uh, Buddy Antonez, Pedro Gonzalez, um, you name it. There, there's a, there's a long list of guys like Den- Denny Stevenson that made their name in Arena Cross. And then, uh, uh, guys like Darcy Lange, uh, like kind of had things like basically dominated for a number of years same thing with tyler bowers and then for a little while it just seemed like uh it was it became more and more difficult to remember just who won those championships in arena cross it's coming back a little bit more prevalent than it was last year uh phoenix racing will be uh, there with jace owen as well as kyle peters um, but is is this news or noise? Is is this a series that we're going to be following on a regular basis, or is this going to be sort of the the other series that's sort of going on the same way that uh, basically like minor league hockey exists, but no one really watches it? Uh, I want to be optimistic and say that um, it might be a change this year where we start seeing a lot more people watching uh, Arena Cross, but. Um, to be honest with you, it's just not at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. I mean, I enjoy racing, I mean, just as much as anyone else. I mean, I'm, I'm all over it from the GP to the Canadian Series, the Supercross to, you know, local stuff. Um, and even I have a hard time, uh, you know, tuning in to, to watch an arena cross race or, you know, I'm missing some information here and there on, on you know, each, each race weekend. And um, I think for them to get sort of the notoriety or the fanfare that they're looking for, I think they need to increase or um, just make their, make their viewing package a little bit more robust, a little bit more in the primetime viewing schedule uh, and add some more excitement to it. I mean, it's, it's very tough to, to watch a race where you've got like pretty much four, four lanes of racing. Um, and, you know, the, it's very hard to pass. Um, the, the lap times are extremely quick it kind of gets a bit monotonous and mundane sometimes. You know, there are some exceptions where some races the guys are battling and the track has multiple lines. It kind of lends itself for some good racing. But um, I don't see it back, you know, I, I, I don't see it uh, as uh, as exciting as it was back in the day when you had like a, um, you know, Hoffmaster and, and Darcy Lange, like you said. Ho- I mean, Tommy guys. Hoffmaster, there's a fucking name. Yeah, right yeah. There. Maybe it's a Brad Hagseth. You know? Rusty Holland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, all those guys. I mean, for some reason, it was just super exciting. And I, I used to record those things, you know what I mean? It, the, the racing was great. Oh, hell yeah. Um, the, the, the tracks were built amazingly. The, the commentators were phenomenal. Um, it, it was it was great, you know. I think we kind of lost a little bit of that since a lot of the attention and a lot of the effort went to Supercross. Um, but I don't think it would take much for us to be, you know, to, to be big, giant fans of Arena Cross again because it, it is an acquired skill set. It is very technical. Um, and it does, it takes a tremendous amount of training and talent to do what those guys do. So, um, I think if we just had better TV packages, uh, maybe some more funding thrown at it to do some more, uh, to just maybe some different, more unique, um, race setups and just maybe a different format. I think it could make this exciting again, but, um, I think until that happens, it's going to take a lot for the everyday fan to, to really be enamored by arena cross. 
Fair enough. Well, 2020 is going is uh, will, will be an exciting season with some extra uh, racing to watch, and uh, and hopefully it'll bring us some uh, some bring it bring back that luster of guys like you said, Tommy Hoffmaster and those types of guys. Those are absolute beauties within the sport. Almost like seem like the uh, an old more of an old school type of racing. Our guys were uh, a little bit more loose around the uh, the edges and stuff like that. Uh, lots of takeouts and stuff like that. Love that stuff, but. Uh, Switching back to Supercross, Marvin, Marvin Muscan, he won't be with us all winter long. Uh, KTM's only going to have one guy under the pits, and he's going to run number one. Cooper Webb, your 2019 Supercross champion, is going to be awfully lonely underneath the uh, the big orange awning of, uh, of factory KTM, and it looks like he's going to stay that way. Uh, no scheduled replacement for Marvin Muscan uh, to be put under the truck. And I gotta think that's predominantly because, uh, straight up there just really isn't anybody that you can put on that, on that bike that's gonna justify having that bike. Um, aside from maybe a guy like Benny Bloss, uh, or, or maybe a Tyler Bowers who has shown some speed in the past. Like, I can't really think of too many guys off the top of my head, um, who would, would, would do justice to, uh, that sort of position. And I think for that reason, um, uh, KTM has decided not to fill that spot. Of course, uh, they could round out the all six OEMs that, uh, Chad Reed would have had to ride for to basically collect, connect the big six. Um, but I guess he did ride a Husqvarna, so, uh, uh, basically rode for all, uh, OEMs at some point or another. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, not only the bummer in, in Marv, uh, getting some knee surgery to get that thing fixed, him not being part of the 2020 Supercross season and KTM leaving that spot empty? for the balance of the season. Oh man, that was such a huge bummer. I think this was going to be a really good year for Marvin um, to, to come out swinging. You know, I think a lot of people see him as, um, you know, maybe not up there with, uh, with Tomac or Anderson or Cooper or Roxon, but the guy is extremely, extremely talented. I think this could have been a really good year for him to, to solidify himself as a, as a front runner again. You know, we didn't see much of it last year and, uh, I think Oakland was probably one of his more breakout rides where he was just clicking off lap after lap and really making a charge towards Cooper. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's such a bummer to, for, uh, for Marvin. I know he's, he's only got so many years up the racing and this is just, um, you know, another setback at what, uh, what I know he wants to be a, a championship 450 run. So, uh, definitely, you know, definitely feel for the guy, but you know, it's, it's part of the sport and I think he'll be back for, uh, for outdoors for sure. Um, about the, uh, the void in the, in the team, I'm very surprised that they're not looking for a fill-in ride. I don't know if it's because there aren't as many, uh, I guess top tier riders that are available for a ride, but, uh, it's definitely, definitely a little weird to see KTM only repping one rider. I can't remember the last time that we've seen that, um, something that was, uh, just dedicated to a, to a single rider. And I wonder how, what that's going to do to Cooper Webb. I know a lot of people like say, oh, a lot of resources towards Cooper Webb. Like, that's going to up his chances of being, uh, you know, KTM's number one guy that's going to win. He's a shoe-in. The whole, the whole team's dedicated toward, towards him. But that also puts a lot of pressure on, on the rider, on Cooper. I think he does a lot better when he's an underdog and when people are doubting him. And uh, he likes to, you know, kind of like that uh, I'll prove you wrong type of attitude. Uh, um I think he likes being down the trenches and working his way up and, and really uh, really shoving it in people's faces that he's uh, that he's capable of winning. Um, and I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he doesn't 
to come, a lot of that pressure and uh, a lot of the the weight of a number one plate when when you're racing. I think he's uh, he's definitely capable of of repeating. It's just a matter of can he uh, can he make can he get the job done? Can he uh, can he ride the same way he did last year? Can he hold Elix Horak at bay, Rocks at bay, uh, and sort of uh, just narrow in on on just winning every weekend and putting all the other stuff to the side? So definitely a bummer deal for Marvin. Definitely weird to see KTM not housing another guy. Um, I will say, uh, Brad, if uh, if you could run KTM for a day and pick the second filling guy that would support that would support Cooper and uh, be his his, uh, his teammate, who would you pick out of the riders that are available right now? Jeremy McGrath. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, uh, I would. There's two guys I would call, and there's only two guys that. Uh, I think have any business being on that motorcycle and it's, it's Benny Bloss or it's Chad Reed. Those are the only guys who I could seriously see uh, knocking down um, top five rides at some point during the season. I I, I honestly can't say that uh, even on a factory KTM that um, on a week to week basis, uh, Benny Bloss is a is serious um, contender to, for a top five spot, but he definitely, that would be the absolute uh, ceiling of where his potential is right now. I think he still has a lot to learn about Supercross. He's had a lot of abbreviated seasons, uh, but he, the raw skills are there, the work ethic's there, the fitness is there. He's just got to stay healthy, and I think that he could possibly do it. And of course, the other guy is Chad Reed, because on the right kind of night, with the right kind of start, uh, Chad Reed can still get, uh, well, last year he did not have a podium at one of the triple crowns. So, um, th- that, that's the only thing that makes sense, but I think he'll be doing, uh, his own thing on, uh, he'll probably be on Hondas. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Those are the only, those are the only two guys that, that, uh, should, should get a phone call. And if you want to throw a third one in there, I know he's retired, but he probably hasn't forgotten how to ride one is, is Cole, Cole Seeley. Maybe give that guy a shout. But I don't think he would jeopardize all of the things that he's uh, he's built with Honda and all the things that he could possibly do with Honda in the near future uh, in exchange for uh, um, in exchange for a, a fill-in ride at KTM for a few races or, or for even for if it's a three months, you know what I mean? Like Cole Seely sort of positioned himself to be a Honda guy for at least another four or five years before he becomes a little bit less relevant in the sport and kind of goes off and does his own thing. So I don't think he, he would jeopardize that for four months on a, on a KTM, uh, for probably not a lot of money. So, um, yeah, that's sort of, uh, where I, I think things are. I think honestly, this, this just makes Cooper Webb's title defense that much easier. Uh, not easier, but it definitely makes things uh, a little bit more in his favor to be able to do so knowing that, um, the entire, uh, the entire team, every smart guy over at KTM is going to be, uh, is going to be all hands on deck to make sure that he has everything in his beck and call if, if, if they had, if they didn't have that situation going the way that was already. So, uh, that's just another, uh, feather in the cap for, uh, your 2019 champion. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta agree with you. Um, I do like, um, <laughs> putting Benny Bloss in that position. I think he would ride the heck out of that bike for sure, man. That'd be really cool to see uh, what Benny can do in some factory equipment. Not that the uh, you know RMATV team wasn't uh, wasn't up to snuff. I think uh, he just rides that KTM very very well. It would have been cool to see. 
Yeah, and I think he's still going to ride well on that Yamaha. He's he's back on a Yamaha after being on one for a long period of time. Uh, that bike's only gotten better. Tons of power in uh, in in Supercross. Uh, he'll he'll be uh, he won't like he, he won't at any point uh, be down on power, and that it's not really a, a horsepower battle in, in Supercross to begin with. But uh, like coming out of corners, no one's going to be eating up Benny. Uh, and if anything, uh, they always said that the Yamaha favors a big guy in general, so uh, maybe that's uh, something that uh, uh, really does benefit him throughout the the winter that's uh, coming up shortly here. And like I said earlier in the past, we will be doing our prediction pods uh, coming up in the next few weeks here as we try to dance around all the Christmas festivities and New Year's and whatnot. But uh, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that Benny's got a bright uh, year in front of him as long as the guy can stay healthy. He's been uh, knock on wood. He's been uh, he's, he's been a bit fragile these last few years, but uh, if he can put it together, he will be successful. Last sort of item to chat about before we get into the Big MX Radio three questions brought to you by the Collective Experience, CollectiveXP.com, uh, is uh, SGB Racing. Kawasaki fielding AJ and A-Ray uh, rolling into the season. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a really exciting season. Um, uh, back with the uh, the 330, 330 uh, for uh, uh, for AJ Catanzaro and uh, a brand new number 61, one better than his last year's number for A-Ray as he looks to uh, try and better himself on a brand new machine. Looking good on that Kawasaki. Um like uh you're pretty close with a lot of the sponsors on that team uh what do you like about this supercross team coming together and uh making a serious effort for 2020 um what i really like is you know besides the fact that i know a lot of those guys really closely uh i like to see these smaller team outfits with a lot of like really cool support around them so i mean the teams that have like you know instead of having a big Rate, you know, big rig, a big 18 wheeler. They have like, you know, maybe like a fifth wheel or like a just a really long, um, you know, couple axle trailer just to um, just to go out there and make an effort at it. I really like to see these uh, these smaller team outfits like really really putting a lot, in a lot of effort and really doing good for for the privateer guys. Um, I know Jason at SGB does everything top notch and with a ton of detail, so you can guarantee that he'll leave no stir, no stone unturned. Uh, he's got some of the you know the the best suspension components in those bikes. Um, the motor's going to be really massaged and worked on very, very well. Um, being able to get a lot of uh, power, but a lot of reliability out of them. Um, I know that the people that they work with as from some of their title sponsors like Maxis and Babbitt, uh, it's a really great vibe, really relaxed, really um, free of pressure and a lot of free of stress. Everybody just wants to go racing, have a good time, support these 450 and uh, 250 guys and, uh, or scouts, I should say. Um, and uh, and really make a uh, really just have a really good pit presence. Really really do the best that they can with uh, within their within their means. Um, I like the fact that they've got AJ and A Ray. AJ's got a really good following. Does great with his classes. Um, really puts himself in a really good place market uh, market marketability wise. Tongue twister. Uh, and I, I like A Ray. I think A Ray's an aggressive rider. Um, probably one of the top privateers in the 450 class. Uh, and he comes with a pretty big fanfare and fan following as well. So I think you've got two really good guys that can bring a lot of ice to SGB Racing, to Maxis, uh, to AGMX, to, to Babbitt's. Um, really, really, really unique stuff that I think Jason's going to be able to do. Um, I'm really lucky to be partnering with those guys for a lot of our fan experiences and internship programs and stuff. So 
I like it. I, I think it's a great mix. I love the fact that um, they're supporting females in the sport as well with Jordan Jarvis um, uh, and my friend Brittany Gagney. I think this really shows a commitment to um, not only the pro side, but also the amateur side and, and, and fostering a part of motocross and supercross that kind of died down, um, which is sort of a bummer. You know, we'd love to have more uh, female presentation and um, especially highlighting those those elite female riders. I think the sport's missing that. And I think Jason's really set himself up in a good spot to, to be able to highlight these uh, super talented, super fast girls. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great way to uh, uh, give back to that sector of the sport. It's always growing. I think uh, women's motocross is is a, an untapped market for a lot of these teams. So good to see that them uh, uh, making an effort that way. And uh, we'll see uh, what Jordan Jarvis can come come away with with her her motocross career. Because uh, yeah, like neither one of us would have anything for that girl if she showed up at uh, the local track uh, near either one of us. So, and I've seen some of the uh, the qualifying laps where she's able to beat a quite a number of the guys as well. I think uh, she was damn close to qualifying for a couple of outdoor nationals this year uh, if she didn't already make into into one of those. Pretty impressive thing uh, to, to to see. Um, to cap off the podcast, the Big MX Radio three questions brought to you by the Collective Experience, the Collective XP. Before we roll into these questions, uh, I know you've got some updates and some info for the people who are loyal listeners to the podcast, guys like Jonesy and Dale and Rick, as well as uh, Garrett uh, Rockley down in uh, the States. Um, who, what, what's uh, new and exciting with the, the Collective Experience? And I know you've got a deadline that is imminent right now. Uh, they'll only have a few days to act uh, on, uh, on on the website, but uh, keep people uh, up to date. What's uh, what's going on with the collective? Yeah, no worries. Uh, we've got the collective experience PCESX internship program um, that is in full swing right now. We're accepting applications all the way through December twentieth. Uh, so please, I encourage as many people as as uh, as I can to sign up. Uh, what it allows you to do is go behind the scenes and work with a pro supercross rider, which is, I mean, you can test this, Brad. It's extremely hard to get into the sport at, at this level, to work with a pro rider, uh, to be able to get hands-on, to get on track walk, to have a mechanics pass, to watch a gate drop from the gate, um, to be able to, to make connections with gear guys and, uh, and industry leaders and company owners. I mean, just the, the value is just, it's, it's too much to even say. Um, not to mention you get hooked up with a ton of free swag and it really it's really beneficial for people who want to make a career out of the sport or just want to see another side of the sport they've never seen before uh, be able to support these privateers because a lot of the funding that we raise goes right back to the privateer teams and riders uh, or for the person who wants to make a career out of racing and is looking to make these really high profile connections this is the perfect chance uh, for people to, to really make those uh, those those networking um relationships uh, work for them um, this is very uh, very beneficial for a lot of people we've seen our interns go on and work for Feld and film for Supercross and uh, train pro riders become mechanics work for um, different brands within the industry uh, it, it's, it's extremely beneficial I really want people to take a full advantage of it and get themselves set up with a great career in Supercross and a great experience uh, and again that, that, that the deadline is December 20th um, we're going to be accepting uh, applications all the way up to that point uh, and uh, really, really excited about it. Getting, a, getting people a chance to meet, you know, just as many 
industry leaders as we can, people like yourself, Mr. Gebhardt, you know, uh, Big MX Radio. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. You know, introducing them to uh, to all of our sponsors and stuff. I think it's going to be a really great chance for a lot of people to, to, make, to make some connections and go far in the sport. And, of course, we always have our fan experience program for fans that just want to be pampered all day um, and get that VIP treatment, be a member of the team, uh, where you're seeing everything up close and personal be, being catered uh, to by a pro rider. Usually it's the other way around. This program makes the riders uh, at your beck and call so that uh, you can make the most amazing experience you can ever dream of. And again, we're proud that a lot of the proceeds that we raise go right back towards the riders. And uh, we want to do a lot of good in the sport, get more fans uh, and more people just immersed in falling in love with Supercross, like you know that you and I are. Uh, and keep these privateer riders going. So really excited for that one. Excited to get back into the swing of things, hopping on flights, going to races. Um, it's crazy to think that it happened so fast, man. But yeah, it's here, and I, I'm excited. I really want to really see some good things happen. Absolutely. And be- before we uh, we know it, it'll be mid-season. We'll be, we'll be talking about all the storylines that come with Supercross. But before we get to that, we need to get to these questions here. We'll rattle them off quickly so that I can let you get on with the rest of your evening. Does that sound good, my friend? Yes, sir. Easy question. Uh, something that uh, a lot of people do, pretty much everyone does on the way to the track. Uh, you got to have some music that gets you in the mood for riding. Uh, sometimes that switches up. Sometimes you need something calming. Sometimes you need something intense to get the adrenaline flowing before you roll into the gates. What's your flavor? What do you listen to en route to the motocross track? Oh, man. Uh it used to be quite a big mix. When I was uh, uh, maybe like 16, 17, my nerves were through the roof. I used to literally have to listen to like super mellow, like chick vibe music. It, it's super weird, but I had to listen to a lot of that stuff to like calm down and just like relax a little bit. Um, but lately, last couple of years, um, my my go-to is always like Wiz Khalifa. Like it's it's rhythmic enough and like kind of hip hoppy to where okay. it keeps, keeps the, you know keeps the vibes going but it's still kind of mellow it's so it's kind of like that stonery hip hop you know kind of deal <laughs> where um the guy where, with the dreads comes out with 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 Wiz Khalifa go figure <laughs> but, dude it's i don't know i i I, just, I rock with it you know it's uh it's okay. just a good vibe okay. it's mellow but also kind of upbeat at the same time it's just a good vibe to listen to and gets me amped to go riding so um yeah, I usually go for that one. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and uh, then next question I had on the docket is uh, handguards. Are we for them or against them and why? Oh, man. I was just in a debate with this uh, about this with a buddy of mine. Um, I'm for handguards at select races. I really hate to see someone wearing handguards when the track's like super dis- – super like lonely tilled um not a rocking site just perfect traction perfect dirt it, that that kind of bugs me sometimes and i'm like dude why are you why are you rocking the handguards man you're not going to be anything there's you know there's hunks of plastic hanging out but um i think it's really smart when the track gets really rocky or um just really really chopped up and and filled with like just thick chunks of dirt or when it's a mud race i think it's almost essential for a mud race um, but generally, I don't really dig the uh, the handguard look. I think the only way I pulled it off well was Pastrana. After that, it's uh, I'd say it's a it's a no go unless the the track conditions really warrant it. So, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a like I'm a handguard guy, honestly. I I like handguards. I don't know why I like handguards. Like 
the maybe some of the, the guys I looked up to growing up were on handguards, especially um, Travis Pastrana. Stu didn't wear handguards very often. When he did, it was like probably just at Unadilla or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, more often than not, you'll find my bikes with uh, with handguards on them. Except for a lot of times, I find the handguards don't really mount nice onto bars. With like they 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 butt up against stuff. They don't allow for the the clutch to be positioned properly and stuff like that. I don't, that's not my favorite thing. Uh, like it literally sometimes like the handguard mount just straight up doesn't work with the uh, the assembly that uh, that whatever the throttle assembly or maybe it's the uh, the, the the front brake cal uh, the front brake uh, reservoir and stuff like that just doesn't work. So uh, sometimes that bumps me out if, if 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 I can't get stuff to work out that way. But uh, either way. Um, and then what's a bigger statement when coming to the line? Showing up with your flow vision goggles and one tear off on there, on your goggles, or it's a hundred degrees outside. It's hot and it, there's no wind. And Dave Drake shows up in all black gear. Oh man. What's a bigger statement? Like, I'm I'm too fit for this shit, or I'm gonna be so far gone that I, the only time I'm gonna need this this tear off is if I hit some lappers. Ah, uh, I'd say the black gear and the hundred degree weather. That is like some bad astry right there. I, I sweat like a pig even when it's cold out. You're sweating so, right now. Uh, the yeah, I'm <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, when it's, when it's super hot like that out, man, I want as little gear on me as possible. If I can get away with literally just wearing a chest protector and some boots, I would do it. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I would say that that's way more menacing. I mean, as somebody who struggles with like doing five laps to see a dude bust out the all black gear, you know, fully dressing, you know, and staging, not even breaking a sweat almost, uh, it's, uh, it's just something, man. It's like, holy crap, this guy's a robot. Like, there's no way I'm going to catch this guy, you know. If the guy came up next to me with one tear off, I'd probably be like, ah, don't need to forget his tear off, you know. My first thought would be, you know, oh, he's going to kill it so hard that he's going to laugh us. But if guy Fair enough. Not me, most people are, like, counting tear offs. You're not, you're not wrong about that. I'm not, yeah. not usually on the line yeah. being like, oh, who put on two stacks or who put on none? Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. Exactly, yeah. But I have, like, you know, a towel around my neck, an umbrella, a fan in front of me. And there's a dude that's just, neck, you know, no umbrella, Sitting in the sun, gear, no umbrella. I'm He's already got his helmet out. on. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I, I would okay. freak out. I would freak out, man. Like, yeah, I'm racing a freaking Terminator right now. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or you're thinking yeah, like that guy's about to blow up after the third lap. Because he's like, there's no one that can, like, that. you're either one of two ways. You're either, like, literally blown away and, like, shaking in your boots, or you're rolling your eyes and you're like, yeah, just wait till you have the worst cotton mouth you've ever had, bud, and, and you can't breathe after, like, four laps, which is pretty much me, even if I was in all white vented gear. Um, but, uh, um, <laughs> hey, preach, right? Preach. But, uh, Dave, this has been an awesome podcast. It usually is. We're going to round into mid-season form even before uh, Anaheim 1 gates drop because we're probably going to be talking on podcasts. Uh, we're what, three weeks out from, from Anaheim 1. We're probably going to po- talk on a podcast at least four times before that. Uh, so I really appreciate you making some time for me this evening. We'll do it again uh, in, the, in the weeks that come. Uh, last things that you'd like to plug, chat about prior to uh, me hanging up on you here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. 
Uh, I just want to encourage people again to go on to the collectedxp.com, click on our experiences tab, scroll over to our TCE SX internship program and get yourself uh, an application and sign up for the, for the opportunity. It's really great. And so many people are getting jobs in the industry doing some extremely high level stuff from working for the W and training riders like AP and AC uh, to being pro mechanics to working for Supercross. I mean, it's just the opportunities are enormous. Uh, feel free to DM us at the Collected EX on Instagram. More than happy to walk you, walk you through the sign up process and tell you a little bit more about what we offer in our programs. Um, also want to give a, a humongous shout out to a lot of the sponsors that are coming on board, like FXR, Evans Coolant, um, Broke Amateur Racing, Flow Vision Goggles, Intake Breathing, Overshare, uh, Financial Advice. Um, Got to give a shout out to Rock Racing, Moto Tape, uh, Surgeon Limited, Big MX Radio, one of the coolest podcasts out there. I've heard of that. Those are always been right by us. <laughs> uh, also got a shout out uh, at Supercross, um, supercross.com, um, as well as I've Max heard of them. Tires. Guys are, yep, they're, they're doing pretty good with some big things, man. Um, so, yeah, we want to thank all of those sponsors and the people who keep us going uh, every single week, man. We are uh, really excited to, to uh, introduce our sponsors to a lot of our interns and our, to all our fans to get them hooked up uh, well into the future of their racing. Uh, absolutely. No, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and chatting uh, with me about Supercross, and I appreciate you giving all those guys some love. That's an impressive list that's always growing, uh, and that's a testament to your uh, the relationships you build within the sport of motocross. Uh, for those who have any questions, in the coming months, we're going to be doing a, a bit of a mailbag, uh, so to speak, segment where uh, Dave and I are going to start answering some questions from listeners. So uh, you can send that directly to either what if you send it into my direct messages either with uh, Brad Gebhardt 88 uh, uh, Instagram as well as uh, Big MX Radio's Instagram or you can send them straight to my email and uh, that's my personal email at bradgebhardt88 at gmail.com I check that thing on the daily and uh, if you have a question you, you've, you've uh, something about the podcast something about the futures races something that you'd like us to sort of address and dissect or, or make just completely make something up uh, we can answer those questions at the best of our ability so uh, send those over you might also want to send them over to Dave Drake's with the collective uh, the collective EX uh, on uh, on Instagram as well as uh, D Drake's 175 because that's the coolest number around uh on instagram check him out but uh, i appreciate everyone for listening like i said jonesy rockley all those guys they're uh they're they're fiending for these podcasts we're finally bringing out one here so uh we'll, we'll get this out first thing this uh this morning which will be uh the two tuesday december 17th here so uh and i believe this is episode like 720 or something along those lines but uh Holy dave crap. yeah man we're clicking them off. You have yourself a great rest of your night, my friend. All right, you too, brother. We'll talk to you soon.